0: Clump, clump, clump.
1: The clumps are not moons. The clumps are just like the material that's clumped together.
0: Is that an IAU recognised term, clump? Kind of. Well, is it? Because moon isn't, you said.
1: There's no lower limit for what a moon is.
0: Yeah, but they know what a clump is. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs>
1: Honest Andy's Discount Moon Show!
0: Hello Rick. Hello Andy.
1: How are you doing from quarantine?
0: I'm doing alright, yes. Um, I've got very, very mild symptoms I think of either coronavirus or a generic cold. It's difficult to tell. Um, I'm hoping coronavirus because then I've kind of got away with it. (laughs) <laughs> um, what? Just, justified it <laughs> Yeah, uh, if I've got a cold then I'm just like, oh no I, I've got a lower immune system so um, so yeah, I then don't want to go out and get coronavirus, so not sure but I'm, in general I'm, I'm doing fine fettle.
1: Yes, you're taking the precautions which is something that we all should be doing self-isolating, not going out not only for your own self-preservation but for the preservation of others uh, In case you ha- hadn't gathered, we're recording this on the 24th of March 2020 when the coronavirus lockdown has come into full effect yesterday yesterday at half eight so the UK is in not full lockdown you're allowed out of your house for exercise but it's still technically lockdown.
0: Yeah you can buy food as well not just exercise uh, and medical stuff there are a few reasons.
1: Uh, the newsagents open which means you can get your yeah, rizzlers and cider
0: (laughs) you're allowed to go out for cider
1: (laughs) exactly just before i came on I, i i saw a quick clip on the news and they were saying that people are asking if they can go out and buy beer and wine and cigars and whatnot and the guy said look we're just trying to get people to only go to the shops once a week and i think that's the the main takeaway that's that's what they should have said just like go to the shops once a week you absolutely have to go back because you, you forgot milk.
0: I haven't got the exact brand of cigarette I'm used to. I'm That's it. I'm going back to the shop still, they have it. Yeah, I do, I do like the, uh, the idea of uh, the Minister for State has to just authorise everyone's shopping list. You know, am I allowed to go and get two Yorkie bars or just one? Uh, minister, and and I think you know. Quite frankly, he's got enough time on his hands that he should go round everyone and say exactly what they can buy. I don't. I don't think, as a citizen, I need to put in any common sense whatsoever.
1: No, no, absolutely not. You should have all of your decisions made for you by the powers that be.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then complain when they're wrong. Yeah. And so, well, I wanted two Yorkies, you know, what's going on?
1: And also, you need to quibble absolutely everything. You need to stay inside and only go out when absolutely necessary. Oh, but I've, I've got a cat that's recently just started, like, he'd like to walk in the park. Can I, can I take it outside? So, t- t- use your common sense.
0: It's good fun, because I, I work in, like, computer security, and so I occasionally get, you know, people saying, well, can I do this? Can I install this? Can I do that? And you sort of go, right, so why are you doing that? What's the exact reasons why? Okay, right, you know. And it takes, on some cases, like half an hour or something just to work out the exact risk of what they're doing. The idea that the minister, given every single permutation of, you know, cats and what people are trying to do and uh, their special circumstances, the, the idea that they can give an exact guidance, it becomes some sort of weird Dungeons & Dragons look-up table. <laughs> uh, I think it's like... Are you leaving the house? Yes. Are you literally just going onto the? Pa- How far away from the house are you going? Is your house on fire? What <laughs> grades of fire is your house on? You know that sort of.
1: Roll three, or higher yeah. to get your your. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I, I think you know that that's what the public wants: some sort of Dungeons and Dragons table that clearly indicates what they can and can't do.
1: Or well, Geek Chic is still very mu- very popular. It's still in fashion.
0: And, that, and that's what it's all about, Andy, being fashionable.
1: Yes, exactly. Thank you, Stranger Things. You've made Dungeons & Dragons Coronavirus Edition very popular.
0: <laughs> I just like, yeah, I like the idea of Kickstarter. Someone releases, like, Coronavirus Edition of Dungeons and & Dragons and the only decision is, can you go out your house? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. That's, that, you just...
1: Surely there'll be, like, a pandemic version of Coronavirus.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I do like, yeah, the board game Pandemic. I assume that's what you're referring to.
1: I am, yes. Yeah.
0: I think that would be a bit cheesy or cheeky, you know. (laughs) Uh, I've had a few sort of marketing emails from people saying, our company's taking coronavirus very seriously, blah, blah, blah. Why not use our online shop? Oh, come on. You're not allowed to market. It's a national emergency.
1: It is insane. It's like the GDPR thing all over again. Like when the EU passed that rule saying like, okay, you need... All of the people who have your data need to let you know about it, and you need to do the GDPR compliance, like acceptance or whatever. And you were just flooded with all the emails of any company you may have interacted with at some point. Like, looking through my spam right now, I've got a message from. a message from Jamie Anderson, which is from the jerryanderson.com website where I occasionally buy Thunderbirds mugs from, and they've let me know that their staff are doing fine. I don't care.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I've got... Uh, just just on that, I've got a thing that says uh, the subject is a message from Team Pro Direct. Team Pro Running. I think they're a company I bought trainers off, like, four years ago. So, yeah, they've still got my details for some reason. And the email has... <laughs> It's basically all broken images, because I don't load images. It, I, I have no idea what it says until I download these images, which I don't want to do. Apart from which, I mu- some text, which I must presume is their motto, it says, Stay safe and keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> which, is li- <laughs> which is literally the opposite of what, uh, what the government's saying. Yeah, well, It exactly. says stay safe, but it's like, stay where you are, don't keep moving. <laughs> Just l- literally stay in your house. Unless you have a treadmill. Yeah, that's it.
1: We are recording from our own houses, we're not, uh, which is probably why the sound is different. Uh, One of us might be very clear, one of us might be a bit tinny. I have no idea how this is gonna sound until I'm editing it, but that's why it's gonna sound a little different because we're in our own houses while recording this.
0: Or quarantine cabins, as we now call them in the UK.
1: So before we talk about things Moon related, I actually have some feedback from previous episodes. Oh, cool. So last time when we were talking about the Goonhilly Teleport, as you mocked the name of, uh, for it sounding a bit like a prospector town of, like, the Goonhilly Earth Station. Yep. Someone from Goonhilly actually got in contact saying uh, it's actually called the Goonhilly Earth Station now.
0: Okay. Oh, well, that that wasn't the bit of the name I was actually uh, commenting on, but yeah. That's a bit like the old joke, you know, I knew this bloke called Fred Stinks. He got fed up of people making fun of his name, so he changed his name to Brian Stinks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, that that feels like a very Morecambe and Wise joke.
0: Yeah, that's that's old school. Um, So, yeah, OK, well, Goonhilly Earth Station, fantastic.
1: Uh, Got chatting with uh, Jamie Williams, who works there and pointed it out via the comments, and he says that we can uh, come down for a tour if we fancy, which I think would be quite cool.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. All right, I'll head off now oh, not legally allowed <laughs> uh
1: so thank you for pointing that out Jamie and we'll definitely'll we'll de- definitely be in touch uh the other bit of feedback I have was uh again about something wrong that we mentioned and quite often when looking back at this I'll think oh that doesn't sound right maybe I'll go double-check and quite often what I did say was wrong and that I had misremembered it. It'd be like an amplification of Chinese whispers, but through my own head. Like I'll remember something being one thing, but then when I go back and remember it, slightly misremembered it and it just amplifies over that misremembering. So, uh, but it's nothing actually Moon related, it was something that we got wrong in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
0: Oh dear, something important then.
1: Oh, very important. When you mentioned that there was a ship full of like middle managers and hairdressers and telephone sanitizers, uh, that was what landed on Earth. Turns out there was this planet that they needed to evacuate everybody from and you had the big thinkers in society, let's call them the alphas, and then you had like the people who got everything done, the proper workers, let's call them the gammas, and the beaters, who were the middle man- managers or the telephone sanitizers as they use in hitchhikers. They were put on a ship and sent off first. They're like, you go off on the ship first. And then funnily enough, the alphas and the gammas hadn't quite caught them up yet.
0: Oh, right. Is that it?
1: Yeah. So you yeah. can kind of see um, where they were going with that.
0: I misremembered. Yes, you did. So was it uh, they were leaving Earth or they were arriving at Earth?
1: They were drifting through space and they happened to land on the sp- spaceship or teleport in or something like that. Oh, right. But the people back on the planet, the Alphas and the Gammas, uh, they were wiped out due to a infected telephone, a virus. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a virus spread through an infected telephone.
0: Ah, uh, how topical!
1: <laughs> so, uh, considering that coronavirus is all the rage in the news, I think it was only fitting that we talk about something that's actually affecting the moon or the missions to the moon because of coronavirus.
0: Yeah, I doubt it would affect the moon much. Um, I mean, the, the moon is definitely keeping two, me- two metres away from most people.
1: Um, <laughs> at the very least. Even though it is a supermoon yeah. moon at the moment, and it is closer than it should be, it's still <laughs> yeah, too... back off, of moon.
0: moon. <laughs> <laughs> back off, you're getting too close. Yeah, it was interesting to see. Even the moon mission is now affected by coronavirus.
1: Yes, uh, NASA is shutting down a lot of its sites to combat the spread of the virus and saying that... All work on the hardware is to be shut down. So all the software stuff can still be worked on from home through teleworking and whatnot. But even though they put measures in place, someone still managed to catch coronavirus.
0: Oh, well done. Yeah, <laughs> Oscar. So well, I hope they're all right. Uh, but I mean, uh, there's a virus that spreads everywhere. But I do I do like the, yes, you can work from home on software, but not hardware. That that makes sense. Yes. So people are taking thing. rocket fuel home. That's just that's asking for trouble. Like, can you build some engines while you're in quarantine?
1: <laughs> oh, I've got you know, I've got a spare room. I can always just set up one of the one of the boosters in there.
0: Yeah, it's very important. You get this parachute right when the capsule lands on re-entry. Uh, you got your kids at home, haven't you? Yeah, are they any good at sewing.
1: I thought you were meant like chucking them off the roof to see if the uh, parachutes work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Could do testing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, you know they've got a deadline of 2024 to meet.
0: Uh, that was it. So yes, they've got this very what we call a sporty deadline of 2024. So has that now been delayed?
1: No, it seems that they're still really? keeping to the. Yeah, it's still there's talks of it being pushed back.
0: That's a, that's a delay.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, but. To meet the 2024 deadline, and this ties into another story that I was going to mention, so we may as well merge the two together. They're scrapping the Lunar Gateway part of the mission. So if you remember the Artemis mission, you have the SLS, which is the Space Launch System. That's the rocket that's going to take astronauts up to the moon. And it's going to go very much like the Saturn V, where you have the boosters, that'll separate off, and then you have the capsule, which I think is called the Orion capsule, and that'll go around the moon and then come back to Earth. Now... What was originally part of the plan was you'd have a space station around the moon called Lunar Gateway and this would be like the service station that go there, refuel, go back down to the surface, and then you can go back and forth, back and forth, and then back up to the Lunar Gateway, refuel, and then come back to Earth. But it looks like they're scrapping the Lunar Gateway for now in order to meet this 2024 deadline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, the um, the Gateway sounded like a really good idea and a very strategic uh, idea because then you can make all subsequent moonshots cheaper because you've got this sort of infrastructure in space that's basically reusable.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, But they're going for the short-term <laughs> thing, it sounds like, of just get some boots on the Moon.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the whole point of the Lunar Gateway was that it can be a stepping stone on the way to Mars, and that this is part of a grand scheme. This isn't just meant to be a boots-on-the-ground mission, this is meant to be the next chapter of space exploration. But they've put in this hard, fast deadline of 2024 that seems to be immovable, and they're cutting out an integral part of the mission in order to meet it. Now, I set myself deadlines, for the videos that I put up all the time, and say like I start recording and animating at the beginning of the month because I do them in my spare time, I'm not able to work on them 24 hours a day, if it gets to halfway through the month and I'm like, oh there's no way that I'm going to meet that deadline, I don't just suddenly cut out a big part of the video. If I'm talking to you about Io, the volcano moon, and I'm like, Ah, oh, well, I've done the beginning, I've animated the bit about why it's called Io and named after one of the Greek gods, but haven't talked about the volcano bit, that will take me a long time to animate that. I'll just cut it out. Yeah, and we'll I'll just stop
0: randomly in the middle.
1: Yeah, I'll just meet that deadline. So, here's the moon of Io. It's named after this Greek god. Bye!
0: Ah, uh, well, you should go and explain that to NASA. <laughs> I... <laughs> this this sort, sort of backs up your uh, conspiracy theory that uh, it's only about, was it President Trump can have his grandiose speech and we've landed on the moon type moment?
1: It is certainly playing into that. Like, even though Kennedy made his amazing speech about, oh, we are not going to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Like, I don't think he got to actually see man walk on the moon. When was Kennedy assassinated? Kennedy assassination. When did he die? He was assassinated in 1963. So he didn't get to see... Man walk on the moon, and also his term would have ended by the time that man did walk on the moon. So, it to me, it just seems that Trump wants to be able to say, because of me, because of my amazing budget, we managed to get people to the moon again. I know it's a bit tinfoil hatty, but considering they're cutting out the lunar gateway, which is like it is the stepping stone to Mars, and they're like, ah, we'll put it in another time. It's it, it, it. doesn't make sense to me.
0: So with the new uh, timescales or mission sorry same timescales but new scope of the mission yeah do you still reckon it will work uh, by 2024?
1: So they could get to the moon now all the equipment is there but for the SLS and the Artemis mission that they are working on at the moment it hasn't been thoroughly tested and if they're going with that kit it needs to be tested thoroughly and because of these delays it's going to push that back even more. I think it's tight and i actually think they're going to rush it it can be done but i really think they should delay it in the name of safety but it's doable i think i think they might they might just do it
0: okay cool because i'm guessing this will be a topic we come back to
1: i think so too
0: (laughs) just (laughs) that's my prediction
1: so do you think that we're gonna get to the moon by 2024
0: no is the answer i reckon as with all things, uh, things delays and coronavirus and random weather events and 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 just random stuff happens, and it will be delayed. I can well imagine that NASA has uh, has been offered where well, you get funding if you say you'll go to the moon, or you don't get funding if you don't. So I say, "Oh yeah, we'll get to the moon then, <laughs> and then, um, and then, possibly by the time it sort of comes." One or two years away from it, they'll sort of say, oh, we can't do it, by which time they've had a lot of money. And the politicians are too invested in it to cancel it.
1: That, that sounds quite cynical. I actually think NASA will be saying it can't be done with the budget you've given us. We need more, more money to do this properly. And they don't seem like they're not shady secondhand car dealers. They do have humanity's best interests at heart, so I reckon this is...
0: Well, there's a, there's a bet there, then. I, I reckon they won't get there for 2024. Uh, and the, you reckon they do? Yes, there you go. So, OK. We'll, we'll revisit this in 2024, see if they attempted it.
1: Yes, exactly. All right, see you then.
0: Yep, see you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> so, a while ago, when we were talking about the lunar highlands, you expressed quite a a lot of surprise that there were mountains on the moon.
0: Yes. To me, there are no mountains on the moon. I look at the moon and I can't see mountains. I will trust that you, being the moon expert, know what you're talking about and and there are mountains. However, I've never seen one so I don't believe it.
1: There are indeed mountains and highlands and quite often they're like crater rims, or because there was, like, tectonic activity on the moon at some point, it'll just be the plates going over and making mountains like they do here on Earth. And the difference in height is quite incredible. So in some cases, they're taught, like, the gap, and this is, like, the go-to metric for any time you're measuring height, obviously, the difference between the peak of a crater rim and the depth of the basin of the crater is actually bigger than Mount Everest.
0: Yeah, that standard, yeah, uh, unit of measurement.
1: Yeah, like, do you often measure things in units of Mount Everest?
0: Absolutely, yes. That's that's how um, how far away people should keep from me at the moment. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I got these show notes, and it said, Mountains on the Moon, we don't have to talk about this, you just seem surprised to hear that it was most... <laughs> so it's it just mostly for your info, this, this bit. Uh, no, it was really good, actually, because um, I was thinking, well, why don't I know that there's mountains on the Moon? You know, you've, you've said it and so on, and I'll, I'll happily believe it, but why why is it? I don't know. And I was thinking, well, it's it's because if you look at the videos we have from the Moon, they are from the Apollo landing, or one of the Apollo missions, and they've generally landed on a flat bit uh, for safety reasons, and then they're just running around, bouncing a bit, plant a flag, and then get back and go. So all the videos we've ever seen from the Moon is just flat, so, it's kind of the equivalent of, you know, if someone came and landed in Norfolk or somewhere which is just flat, <laughs> ran around for 20 metres, filmed it, and then went off. And another, you know, alien species is that's all they knew of Earth. They just said, oh, Earth is flat, isn't it? Look at it. It's that, because I've never seen it. And then I was also looking at my books. Uh, I've got Tintin on, on the moon, um, and that, that's got no mountains in it. Uh, of, of the level that you're talking about. Uh, however, this graph is good. I assume it will go in the YouTube video or something. Yes, yes, it will. But yeah, it's a cross-section of... Here's, here's Earth's sort of cross-section with Mount Everest and sea level in it. And then here's the moons, and it's just massive. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <it's, laughs> you just... If you thought walking up Everest was uh, hard work, it's like walking up this... Flipping mountain, moon mountain from the lowest point would be a right nightmare. Um, well, actually, it'd be easier because there's low gravity, so uh, it all balances out, swings and roundabouts. But it's, it's what, about four, three, four times the size of Everest from top to bottom, or something like that. No, no,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's the same because this goes much below the lunar surface. So if you look on the axis on the left, uh, it goes from five down to minus three and a bit. Whereas the one for Everest yeah. goes from sea level up to eight and a bit in the sky.
0: Uh, yeah, so I was going from eight and a bit, which is the top of Everest, down to 5.5, which is kind of the bottom of Everest. So if you started walking
1: oh, I see what you from mean. there,
0: because I presume that's probably where they get their plane to. Yeah. <laughs> or some of the Sherpas, or I don't know. Uh, that, that seemed to be like the local, let's start walking. Let's start our walk here. That's, that's where they build a car park.
1: Yeah, that's something that really, that that's a pet peeve of mine, when you get people being like, oh yeah, I climbed Everest, and it is 32,000 feet high, it's like, yes, but you started at three quarters of the way up, you didn't do 32,000 feet, like, like, for example, Snowdonia. Uh, the highest mountain in Wales, the, uh, my dad climbs a lot. And he said one of the true ways to do that is you park the car near the beach, you walk to the ocean, dip your toe in the ocean so you can say, right, we're at sea level, and then walk up Snowdonia.
0: Oh, right. Is that the proper way to do it? Ah, I thought it was good from walking from Betsy Coed. Um, <laughs> you know. uh, but okay. I'm Sorry, I'm just bringing up a picture of where Snowdonia is. Uh, where's the beach? It's miles away.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a proper good climber.
0: Yeah. So this moon mountain uh, is very big. That's that's the uh, the main uh, takeaway, I think.
1: I would say you're kind of like a a product of the '90s. Like you went through your teens and early 20s during the '90s, so that's when you absorbed a lot of culture. I think you'll get a kick out of knowing that mountains on the moon are referred to as massifs. <laughs> so you can point to that and go, that's
0: Massive. Massive. Uh, is there one called Jungleist?
1: <laughs> there isn't, but
0: there's... Uh, ah, there should be.
1: Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, with regards to Moon Mountains?
0: No, no, uh, but thank you for sending that. That was very interesting. And I'd recommend everyone go and look at the Moon Mountains.
1: Uh, yes, I'll put it in the show notes. I've got some breaking news for you, Rick. What's that? The Earth and Moon aren't made of exactly the same stuff.
0: Really? Oh, they look they look exactly the same. Uh, so what, why is this news? Because, like, to the Moon-ignorant person like myself, uh, they don't look as though they're made of the same stuff at all.
1: So, I think we've talked about this before, but the leading theory for where the Moon came from is the Giant Impact Hypothesis, where a Mars-sized protoplanet as it's called, hit a very young Earth, smacked into it, chucked a load of debris up into space. This started to orbit the Moon, coalesce and accrete into the Moon over time. So basically, the, uh, the rocks got clubbed together and through the snowball effect got bigger and bigger and bigger until it formed the Moon over time. Now, looking at the rock samples that were brought back, they looked at the oxygen isotopes in them, and like a certain ratio between oxygen 16 and oxygen 18, and a certain ratio between oxygen 17 and oxygen 18, and there was a huge overlap between Earth and Moon, which indicates that they are made of the same material. Now, a lot of computer models, Say that 70 to 90% of the moon should be made of material from Theia, which is the unique item made up of a completely different chemical composition that smacked into Earth. Because that ratio of oxygen isotopes, the 16 to 18 and 17 to 18, for Mars, for example, and for Venus is different, like drastically different, than it is compared to Earth. But Moon and Earth are very, very similar. And we know this from the samples that were brought back from the Apollo missions. But what apparently happened is that they took all the measurements of these isotope ratios and they averaged them as opposed to saying, well, this one came from this rock and this one came from that rock and this one came from that rock. So a new study has been done which has looked at different kinds of rocks from different parts of the Moon And it turns out that there is a discrepancy, there is this unique signature which indicates an alien presence, that it has come from somewhere that's not Earth. Now, there is still a significant overlap, and this slight discrepancy in the ratio actually lends credence it actually backs up the giant impact hypothesis because if all these models are saying that well 17 to 90 percent of the moon should be made up of a different material than what's on earth but it should be fairly similar then that's what this study has found similar but different
0: ah so so it doesn't falsify the uh, impact hypothesis then
1: it doesn't it kind of backs it up which is great
0: oh that's good i don't need to change my view of the world then on the, yeah, I like the idea of the averaging thing, because, yes, there's a, a big difference to, you know, if I took the average person, they're, what, 40-year-old. So I so, say, well, everyone's 40, on average. Right? <laughs> or so it's like, well, okay, what do 40-year-olds do? Well, so on average, um, they all sort of pay off their mortgage and do stuff like that. Whereas actually, yes, you want to treat people as individuals and say well some of them are very young and they just run around playing playhouse uh, not pl- paying off a mortgage and some of them are pensioners who've, who've paid off a mortgage to to use this mortgage analogy for some reason <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, so they've instead of averaging uh everything they've actually treated rocks as individuals which is good
1: uh it's not quite as lackadaisical as that but <laughs> they haven't just go like oh God, we've got to to get this study done in the next five minutes. Quick, bang the results into Excel and just average it. What's Excel? This is the 60s. Well, invent Excel and then average it.
0: No, just put all the rocks into a big grinder. (laughs) Right. How many oxygens? Yeah, that would do.
1: Or just not even that. Just like lick their finger, point it in the direction of the moon and go, it's about
0: that. Yeah, I reckon there's... Fifteen oxygen isotopes there, that'll do.
1: But yes, this this study looked at rocks from the highlands, like we just talked about, and it took it from the uh, Mare Basalt, which is the darker lava-covered basins. So they've taken a sample from there, which would be a bit younger than in the highlands. And they've taken it from lots of samples across the surface, and this has shown that there is different levels of the ratio which lends, backs up the fact that it's come from a different source that's not Earth. So we don't have to change the textbooks just yet.
0: Oh, that's good. I, I just had the Tipex ready.
1: So I know that I have polluted your Google feed, Rick, by sending you the show notes and sending you moon news. Your feed has now been skewed and the algorithm has been catering to this moon uh <laughs> fetish that you seem to have so have you seen an article that's been doing the rounds of is it moon with a capital m or moon with a lowercase m when describing earth's moon
0: Uh, i'd like to say yes in the true sort of agreement however my feed at the moment is just coronavirus this coronavirus Ah, that so (laughs) um, so in all honesty and and randomly animal crossing which is a game i think uh, that people are now playing because they're locked up. Uh, Google has worked out I like computer games, but but so has decided right. Everyone else likes Animal Crossing. Um, you you now like Animal Crossing, and are now going to get news on it. I I don't know what this is. It sounds like Frogger <laughs> 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 from the nineteen eighties.
1: But it's with all kinds of animals, so it's like panda or kangaroo.
0: I assume it's not just people are trying to cross a road as an animal, uh, which is all Frogger was.
1: I Do you know what I think it is? From the screenshots I've seen and people just vaguely talking about it, it looks like Age of Empires and Command and Conquer where you build your base and whatnot, but it's just purely wholesome and instead of building barracks and forts and moats and death traps and Tesla coils, you're instead making a little farm. And a little cottage, and then maybe a corner shop, and a nice little canal that you can have a barge in, and maybe a bakery. So it's wholesome Age of Empires.
0: Do, do, you, do, do you attack anyone or uh, do anything? Well, it, it's or... a
1: game, so everybody has a gun, obviously.
0: And you just snipe randomly. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. Of... It's wholesome apart from the snipe. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that, that sounds lovely. Uh, I'm still not interested in it, uh, but it has. It has uh, trumped the moon news temporarily. Oh, OK. So, uh, no, I've missed this one. Is it moon or moon? Uh,
1: basically, that is the question.
0: Um, they sound exactly the same to me. They, they
1: do, but if you're describing Earth's moon and you were writing it down, would you do it with a capital M or a lowercase m?
0: Uh, I, because it's a specific one, I would use a capital because it's the name of the thing. Yes,
1: exactly. I'm in agreement with you there because it is the moon as opposed to a moon of Jupiter. If you were saying it is a moon of Earth, I would use a lowercase m because you're describing the object, but because we are referring to it as a noun, it is the moon, therefore it has a capital M. That's my opinion and From what it seems, the opinion of many other people as well, apart from the Associated Press style book, they say it has to be a lowercase m, and the same applies to the sun as well. They say the star at the center of our solar system has to have a lowercase s for the sun.
0: Oh, right, that's, um, why? Because, I mean, (laughs) uh, sorry, this is similar to like Turkey. So Turkey is a country. (laughs) Uh, which is a capital T, whereas a generic turkey is just a lower case t. Um, I think you know if you're referring to a specific thing of somewhat some importance, then uh, then it's usually a capital. So um, the sun and moon, I still think are pretty important. Admittedly, internet used to be capitalised and now it's small case. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, because it's so. Because it's so commonplace, it's bloody everywhere. So there's no one specific internet anymore, really. Well, it's kind of a sprawling thing that goes into my toaster and someone else's um, <laughs> <a> pacemaker <laughs> or something in Australia. So it's like, uh, yeah, okay, there's, there's many networks. And so, yeah, I, I'm happy for the internet to be decapitalized, as it were. Um, whereas, yeah, the sun and moon, that they still sound quite important.
1: Yes, absolutely. We need them to live.
0: OK, is it just the Associated Press that have done this?
1: Yeah, it seems to be. Everyone else is pretty firm that it should be capital M. The NASA Style Guide says it's capital M. A couple of astronauts have said, I've been there, it's a capital M.
0: <laughs> so that's technically not an argument. OK, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. I should okay. point out.
1: Like, for example, they've said several of us Apollo veterans would like to point out that everyone should always capitalise the name of our nearest extraterrestrial neighbour, the Moon. NASA does this in all their web references. I hope that others will soon accept this important and accurate way of portraying the Moon.
0: Cool, yeah. Uh, that I mean, that, that sounds far, it's, yes, a better. It doesn't really explain why, sorry. It just says NASA does it. But yes, yeah, so I've been to the Moon, therefore I get to capitalise it or not is not. Not an argument. <laughs> Any more than I've been to Turkey. I think it should have lowercase.
1: Okay, well, th- this is the argument from the Associated Press. Many believe moon should be capitalised, and many believe it should be lowercase. For now, we see no reason to change our long-time style. We would argue that the moon is a thing, not a thing named moon.
0: Oh, okay. Hang on. Go, run... Is a thing not a thing named moon?
1: OK, we would argue that the moon is a thing.
0: It's definitely a thing. Yeah. But most... <laughs> so's Turkey.
1: But they're saying it's not a thing named moon.
0: It is a thing named moon. It is a yeah. thing
1: named moon.
0: <laughs> What's it called then?
1: The moon.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, what do they say it's called?
1: That, that defence is pants.
0: Because I understand, like, we, the thing is a planet. It's called... It's named Earth. Okay, that thing up there is a moon, yes. What's it called? Gary? Yeah. <laughs> Fred, what, 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 what do you call it? Because you can say, the thing up there is a moon, it is called the moon. And then in that sentence, you would capitalise one of those and lowercase the other one. Yes,
1: exactly. In the same way that, what's that, what are those two things orbiting Mars? Oh, those are moons. Do they have names? Yes, Phobos and Deimos
0: of which Phobos and Deimos are capitalised and moons are not. Exactly. Okay, so, but it sounds as though they've put forward this argument that they've then tripped over.
1: Yeah, and they've also said, oh, we've been doing it for ages, so may as well stick to it.
0: Okay. I think, broadly, the Associated Press are journalists and NASA are rocket scientists. I think that's, <laughs> that's the main... <laughs> there's, there's just a difference in logic there, you know. It's, it's two different levels. It really is.
1: Uh, Yes, exactly. And they're also a bit inconsistent because they capitalise Earth, but not Sun and Moon.
0: Well, they are obviously, you know, think Earth is really important. They're they're always like that, though, the journalists that's like, you know, our country's better than other countries, we're so good. It's obviously our our celestial body is so much better than all the others. Uh, How dare they come here with their planetary rays and their (laughs) gravity or whatever.
1: (laughs) Well... Keeping with that elitist tone, this guy called Paul Spuddist or Spuddist, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name, uh, wrote an article in 2009 for the Air and Space Magazine, and he said, My guess is some classically-educated nitpicker who was forced to sit through endless hours on the joys of ablative absolute in Latin class decided that the Roman-named objects of the universe were worthy of linguistic – oh my god – were worthy of linguistic worship, but the vulgar barbarian Germanic names given to those other three bodies did not deserve to be capitalised. That was one sentence. My guess is that some classically educated nitpicker who was forced to sit through the endless hours in the joys of ablative absolute in the Latin class decided that the Roman-named objects of the universe were worthy of linguistic worship, but the vulgar barbarian Germanic names given to those that the other three bodies did not deserve to be capitalized. That's a paragraph. That that, that sentence has 57 words. Surely there's like a limit of 30 per sentence.
0: That's a different linguistic argument.
1: Let, let's just stick to this one at the moment. But yeah, he's saying that... Uh the Latin names—like uh, some nitpicker said—Latin names for the Roman gods are fine, but the Germanic names for the sun, the moon, and earth should not be capitalized, which is still nonsense. Like, if it's a name of something, capitalize it. Yeah, like that—that's what it boils down to. And I also think, it, like in my gut, it's the moon.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I can't say any more on it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Uh, I think we're in violent agreement.
1: It's now time for full moon of the month.
0: Hey, are we allowed outside to see it?
1: Well, that was the thing I was just about to mention. The next full moon in the UK is meant to happen on the 8th of April, uh, which falls within the three-week lockdown. So you had better choose your time to leave the house for your little bit of exercise
0: carefully. Okay, will do.
1: Yes, I take it you've seen the show notes and know the name of this moon.
0: Uh, Yes, yeah, I'm looking at it now.
1: It is the pink moon.
0: Is that? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, yes, I know that, I'm reading it. But yeah, sorry, we're doing a podcast, aren't we? I've got (laughs) to respond. Oh, the pink pink moon, you say. Is that named after uh, the popular singer Pink?
1: No, no, it's not. Instead, it's named after the pink flowers of the phlox. Is that how you say it, phlox? Yes. You and your wife uh, grow a lot of flowers, don't you?
0: Uh, My wife does, yes. (laughs) I I don't. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so flocks.
1: Are the flocks flocking in?
0: I I have no idea. Um, I don't think so. I think it's dahlias and ranunculus is at the moment. I don't know. It's it's a different world plant. Okay. I know roses and that's about it. (laughs) My lovely wife will know four million different species of plants and different varieties and genres and those all the latin names and stuff so it's uh i I just stuck to roses
1: yeah yeah i i think that's what most people do they'd be like oh yeah uh you know mum used to watch garden as well i can name a few flowers uh the daffodil dandelion daisy uh the rose the tulip and oh that's it
0: that's that's basically a tree
1: yeah it's like um like Greek gods, like as a kid, or Greek gods or dinosaurs. Like as a kid, you know loads, but then as an adult, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know about that. And like pub quiz comes along, like specialist sub- subject, Greek gods. It's like, who is the Greek god of bacon? Like, oh God, I've no idea.
0: That's it. Well, as a kid, you were kind of told, well, one, I think you're evolutionarily designed to learn stuff. Um, on the off chance it's important, because you don't know what's important. And then, as an adult, you find out that some things are not important. So knowledge of Greek gods (laughs) is is generally not useful, apart from pub quizzes, Uh, (laughs) which uh, I'm not too fussed about winning. Greek gods, dinosaurs, I probably knew a few back in the day, but uh, they've since been replaced by um, the route to shops. (laughs) When the MOT on my car is due. Stuff like that.
1: Uh, Tell you what though. My Simpsons knowledge is still on point.
0: Oh cool. Oh that's good.
1: So pink moon named after the pink flowers of the phlox. Uh, It has other names as well. Such as the sprouting grass moon. The seed moon. The budding moon. New shoots moon. All of which pretty obvious. Because spring is here. And flowers are starting to grow and whatnot. So then I started to think back. To the Soan tribe from Montana. Do you remember the moon saga that we had going with the hard time moon, the long day moon, the sore eye moon? Do you know what that one for April is?
0: Uh, without reading the show notes, was it uh, Alka Seltzer moon or something? <laughs> so, some sort of, yeah, following on for the hangover.
1: Annoyingly, it's actually quite appropriate for the time of year and it's the frog's moon.
0: Oh, right. That's a weird hangover. <laughs> I assume it's just they've, they've saw uh, frogs.
1: Well, everyone has their own cure. I mean, what well, I found a good cure for a hangover is a sausage and egg McMuffin from McDonald's. We're not sponsored by them, but I just really like them. Uh, and I find that that cures it quite nicely. But yeah, th- it doesn't quite fit into the timeline of saw-eye and then frog.
0: Yeah, it doesn't follow the pattern. I'm hoping that the next two months follow a pattern of frogs then, and then each block of three follows a pattern. And then there's a meta pattern in all four blocks of three. Ah, like
1: a pub quiz question where it's just like, oh, for a bonus point, name the theme of the last four questions.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Head of their time, these uh, Suan tribes.
0: We don't know yet. When it gets to December, we will do.
1: Okay, we'll have a retrospective. Uh, This moon is also known as the Paschal Moon. Why do you think that is? Uh,
0: It's to do with Easter, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm trying to remember me me Catholic upbringing. (laughs) Uh, Every Easter used to light the Paschal candle, so I presume it's uh, Easter... Yeah, what does Paschal refer to?
1: So it is because of the ecclesiastical calendar and that the first Sunday after this full moon is Easter Sunday, and this Drove me nuts as a kid. I hated it. Christmas, 25th of December. My birthday, that day in October. Valentine's Day, 14th of February. Every important day had a set date, except for Easter. And it drove me nuts. I'd be like, when is Easter? It was March last year? But no, it's now April for some reason. Now it's the end of May. It's chaos. I hate it <laughs> Like, ambiguity? I know you can predict it decades in advance, but still, it should be a fixed date?
0: Uh, yes. uh, There is a a campaign or an idea to fix the date of Easter. Uh, I think the uh, the original idea is that we don't really know when Jesus died, uh, so they're not going to pin it to a certain date.
1: But they also don't know when he was born, either, yet that's on a fixed date.
0: (laughs) Well, that, that was less important. Um, the, the birth of Christ te- technically yes so uh, yeah it was um, uh, it, it was his death that opened up heaven uh, I think to, to everyone and, and um, cured all our sins or, or covered for all our sins or whatever it was not covered that sounds a bit <laughs> <laughs> It's alright we do what we like uh, but um,
1: that, You're that was the money.
0: good yeah that's it yeah we're fine uh, but that that was the main date, so maybe it was just so important they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't give it a specific date. Whereas Christmas, yeah, whatever. Although it wasn't Christmas, like it was a pagan festival.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That they sort of purloined for Christian purposes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They 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 nicked it for their own purpose. Uh, while while reading about the Paschal Moon, this also came up, or th- this was also included, and it was. The ancient hair moon and egg moon names are often referenced as a potential reason for the emergence of the modern Easter bunny laying Easter eggs.
0: I didn't know the Easter bunny actually laid the Easter eggs.
1: Me neither. He's got a basket with the eggs. Did he lay them in the basket and then he's just skipping around the land to be like, here you go.
0: Yeah, that's not how bunnies work. I kind of, yeah, didn't assume that Easter Bunny laid Easter eggs any more than Santa Claus lays presents. <laughs> um, I think I think these mythical entities can acquire uh, their associated artefacts by other means than just laying them.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is what I was thinking. Like, the Easter Bunny brings you Easter eggs, he doesn't lay yeah. them.
0: <laughs> In fact, yeah, sorry, Santa Claus has an entire sort of industrial... Process of elves, yeah, exactly um, creating, and that's generally accepted in folklore. So yeah, the idea that the Easter Bunny can only be laying these eggs, uh, I don't think is yeah accepted.
1: That frustrates me. The person who wrote this article clearly just went. This is an insightful observation. And they just banged it out and didn't come back to check it before submitting it and go, actually, no, that's a stupid idea. I should probably take that bit out.
0: I'm the only person in the world that thinks the Easter Bunny lays Easter eggs.
1: Well, no, the fact that the ancient hair moon and egg moon both names that make sense, you know, the spring is here, animals are coming up, oh, it's the hair moon, because we're seeing hares running around the fields, and chickens are laying eggs more, and there's chicks everywhere, so that's a nice two separate names, and he's just gone, oh no, the Easter bunny brings his eggs, maybe he lays them, and just mashes these two laws together, and just gets a bit of sellotape around it, God done.
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's what you get from journalists. <laughs> They don't know how to
1: spell moon. What can I say? Uh, moving on from your journalist bashing, this moon, like the last few moons, is the super moon. So therefore, this is a super pink moon, which to me sounds like a rushed name for a female superhero from the like seventies. You know that episode of the, <laughs> yeah. you know that episode of The Simpsons when it's a board meeting for the greetings cards companies and they just sat around going like, well. We've had our Easter rush. The graduation cards are selling nicely, but we've got this August slump here. We need to come up with some kind of, like, day, some celebration that people will buy cards for. You know, something like Love Day, but not as lame. And then it cuts to the next scene, and it's Happy Love Day, everyone! (laughs) So so I'm just picturing something like that, but with a bunch of execs going, like, we need a new name for a female superhero. Uh, You know, uh, what are women like? Uh, they're, They're, like... Cooking, uh, they they like I know pink, super pink, something like that, but not as lame. And they've just been like, super pink. <laughs> she fights crime, and by golly, does she do it well? God bless her.
0: Uh, yeah, no, that broadly is the uh, level of 1970s sort of feminism.
1: So make sure you save your allocated yard time to go and look up at the pink moon on the 8th of April if you're in the UK. Okay, so you want to know about all the moons of the solar system in our feature, which is, and the next moon is? Uh, yes, please. And in this case, we're following on from Metis, the innermost moon of Jupiter, and the next moon is Adrastea.
0: Way! Hey. Way! Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I didn't realise I was supposed to cheer it before I knew anything about it. You should. Well, I don't know if it's good yet. It might be like a you know Nazi moon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Adrastea is the only moon with a swastika <laughs> Naturally occurring on it <laughs> Saturn had a hexagon So anything's possible now
1: I think you might this might qualify as a bit of a naff moon uh, Adrastea is basically the little brother of Metis Kind of like a go-getter in the shadow of Metis It's less than 150 kilometres further out So Metis is the innermost moon orbits Jupiter with an average distance of 128,852 kilometers, and Adrastea is just 150 kilometers further out, and takes five minutes longer to orbit Jupiter. So Metis was the fastest moon of the solar system, hurtling around Jupiter at about 31 kilometers per second. Adrastea is the second fastest, That's why I feel it's like, it's the little brother of Metis. It's always in its shadow. It's a little bit smaller, a little bit further out, a little bit slower. So it's like, it's trying, but it's not quite there. It's not quite the fastest. It hasn't quite got that superlative to it.
0: Yeah, because Metis was pretty fast. It was like eight hours, seven hours, eight hours?
1: Seven hours, ten minutes.
0: Oh, right. So it's uh, five minutes slower than that. Yeah, no one really remembers who came second in the Olympics.
1: No, I don't. Have you seen Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up bit about that? Uh, no. <laughs> he was saying that last place, ah, he gave it a, a rule, but, you know, you made it to the Olympics. Third place, hey, you got a medal. Second, you are the best loser. Out of all of these people, you lost best.
0: That, <coughs> yeah, so that's Adrastia, is it?
1: Um, well, Adrastia, though, is, and I think this is important to, to note, Adrastia does have a first to its name and it was the first moon to be discovered by an interplanetary spacecraft. So it was first discovered by Voyager 2.
0: Oh cool, so uh, well done. So we wouldn't have discovered it if we just kept looking at with telescopes.
1: Well, no, because it's too small. It's tiny.
0: Ah, uh, in spatial terms, yes. In, <laughs> sorry, in terms of like 20 kilometers is quite big.
1: Yes. For, for example, uh, it's, it's so close to Jupiter that the light reflected off Jupiter from the sun uh, would completely engulf Adrastea, you wouldn't be able to see it with a ground-based telescope. You have to be up close to the planet in order to see it. Oh, okay. And so Adrastea was the first moon to be discovered by an interplanetary spacecraft, which was Voyager 2, whereas Voyager 1 discovered Metis. And they were discovered by two separate teams. Adrastea was discovered by David C. Dewitt and his team while they were looking through the f- photographs of Voyager 2. And that was discovered on July, and I think meters was discovered a couple of months later. So yeah, it was the first moon to be discovered by a photograph. And I know that you're always kind of like in awe of people processing these photographs and like finding comets and planets and moons in these cases, and they're still doing it today. Like they were processing images from Voyager 1 or 2 that went past Neptune, and they discovered a new moon called Hippocamp in 2013.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing image processing in the 1970s, though, wasn't really computers as much as uh, we'll just have a look at it with a magnifying glass.
1: <laughs> well, Voyager wasn't exactly beaming the images down to a printer and they're like, oh, we've got a new one. Oh, but we didn't. It's out of cyan. So we were not going to see the true <laughs> colour.
0: Actually, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, they didn't get the film out of the back of Voyager. And then take it down to the chemist to get it developed. It must have been digital in some format.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, so do you want to see the image that they discovered Adrastea in? Yes. You see the grey one with the dots in it.
0: Oh yeah, there's a lot of moons going on there. The black moons, all in all in uh, <laughs> all in rows and columns.
1: That is that that is part of the image processing. Oh, okay. So you can see like a white dot on it. Okay, yeah. that's that's a star. That's not Adrastia. If you go into the square oh, next it... Oh, is it not?
0: Sorry, I, I, I'd have failed at that point. Yeah,
1: if, if you go to the square next to it, there's a very, very faint white dot. Can you see it?
0: Oh, yeah. In If we were playing Battleships, it would be C, C2.
1: Yes, it being C2, right in the middle, and that tiny faint dot al- across that line, that's Adrastea, and that line is Jupiter's ring, and that little moon is Adrastea, and it's thought to be a shepherd moon, or actively contributes to Jupiter's ring material, very much like Metis is as well.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good if they spotted that, because I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had a magnifying glass to help them.
1: Well, this image is also... Uh, you can make it bigger. You can drag and drop it, you know.
0: Oh, that's
1: good. <laughs> this this is like a phone call to my parents. I'm not going to tell you how to make an image bigger.
0: Yeah, well, I do have a yeah computer science degree, so I'll probably, <laughs> exactly. probably work it out.
1: Unfortunately, I don't really have anything else to mention about Adrastea other than it's one of the four smaller inner moons of Jupiter that contributes to the ring. It has the first going for it, that it was the first moon to be discovered by a satellite, uh, and that's that's one of the things that I like to highlight with all of the videos I make about the moons, is why should I care? Like, what is the thing about this moon? Like, one of the videos I'm going to be making is about moon of Atlas, which is a shepherd moon. But I've already spoken about shepherd moons, so I'm going to be talking about a more another interesting aspect of the moon, because I don't just want to keep recycling content. I, I want to be able to highlight why should you care about this particular moon, what's interesting about it. And I think the fact that they managed to interpret that tiny, tiny faint dot on that image as a moon, and it being the first moon to be discovered by a satellite is quite incredible.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I'm I've, I've doing image editing on Google Docs. I seem to have screwed it up.
1: Yes, you've rotated it. I'll put it back.
0: Thank you. <laughs> good job I don't work at NASA.
1: This is like the um, stop it. <laughs> oh, there you go. You turned it into a pink moon.
0: Yeah, there we go. Sorry for those of you um, who are not uh, watching our Google Docs at the moment, which shouldn't be anyone. I'm just working out how image processing works in Google.
1: Well, I've, t- I've taken a screenshot now, so I'll add it to the show notes. Anything else you want to add in?
0: Uh, No, that's good. So I will remember that by... um, Adrostea is the uh, second best moon uh, to meet us, Uh, but it was the first to be discovered by an interplanetary spaceship.
1: You're trying so hard not to call it the Nazi moon, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: No, no, I, I... didn't actually remember that bit now so but yes you've reminded me so that's that's probably all I will remember it as
1: uh, sorry honest andy's discount moon show
0: Sorry, I've just downloaded the image and it was a marketing email of um, sadly everyone's inside, you might want to take up running, we sell shoes. It was broadly that, so uh, good on them.
1: Was there a discount code? No. Ah.